Welcome to the Drone MBA podcast, where we propel your drone career or business to new heights, discussing strategies, insights, and tips to navigate the skies of drone careers and entrepreneurship. Let's take flight into the business of drones. Welcome back to the Drone MBA podcast. My name is Dr. Heather Monthe, your host for this podcast. Today's episode is the audio portion of a webinar that I ran. It's a free training on the Drone MBA methodology. These are the eight different steps that I teach to help you start, grow, and scale your drone business and or career. This is the audio version of that training. I hope you enjoy. So if you look over here on the side, each, you know, it's D-R-O-N-E-M-B-A. The first one is discover your niche. So figuring out what is it that you're going to offer your clients. Then you're going to research the market, organize your business planning, navigate any certifications and regulations, establish your business operations, master your digital marketing, and then build your brand and community presence, and then adapt and innovate. I think that's really important, especially in any new technology, is we're constantly adapting, we're constantly innovating. The market is shifting, things change, things come up that we don't necessarily have any control over in this world. So I'm going to come back here, make sure we're good. All right. So the first thing is to discover your niche. So a niche is really the area that you're going to focus your business on. And you might not know what that is just yet. If you're just getting started, maybe you just got a drone or you've had one for a while and you've been thinking like, hey, I could start a side gig doing this. I could start a full-time gig doing this. But trying to figure out what that is, you want to start thinking about what are some of the different things that you can do with your drone. Now, a lot of people start out doing real estate photography. It's a pretty low barrier to entry. There's real, realtors all over the world that are selling real estate. They're going to need marketing assets to sell their homes. And aerial photography has always been a really great way to give a different perspective on a property. I've been an, a manned aircraft pilot or a crewed aircraft pilot for since 1997. I got my commercial pilot's license in 1999. And then that's when I started actually doing real estate photography from an airplane. And it's very different. You Airplanes can only, you have to stay above 500 feet above the ground. So you can't get really a close enough view to the home. And then you've got to have a really good camera because you, first you need to be able to zoom in to, because you're pretty far away from the property. And second, oftentimes, especially these autofocus cameras, they would focus on the windows of the airplane instead of the property that's on the ground. And so then we would have to take doors off and windows off the airplane. It was just, it was a whole big, it was a whole big thing. Okay. And so with the proliferation of drones, it's become a lot easier for realtors and a lot more affordable for realtors to get really good imagery and not having to go and find and hire a pilot and go into an airplane and you got somebody piloting the aircraft and then you got somebody taking pictures and you're hoping that they turn out okay. We've come to a different, I guess, phase in that particular industry. But that is something that a lot of people do start out. And like I said, it's a low barrier of entry. There's real, there's realtors everywhere. But what I have found is that people that are doing this, they run out of options. You run out of, especially with real estate, if it slows down, if the market slows down, the, the job starts slowing down. When I was talking earlier about think about some of the things that you already have access to. Who are some of the people that you already know? 
Who are some of the contacts that you can call them up and say, hey, I'm offering up this service. Can you introduce me to people? Do you have a need for this service? Whatever it may be. Okay. So really think about some of the different, the people that you have access to and the resources that you have access to. If you're trying to break into inspecting oil pipelines and you don't have any contacts in that industry, you haven't, you have zero experience in that particular industry, that might be a little bit harder for you to break into than if you break in, if you start out with something that you've got a lot of contacts in already. Okay. So what you can do is you can start writing down some of those different things that you have. Just start to get a, get a notebook out, get a Google Doc out, and just start writing down what some of those things are. There's a lot of people that are creating good content out there about some of the different opportunities in the drone industry. I'm working on a master list myself, but just start writing those things down. And then from there, what you do is you start researching the market. Okay. So maybe you've got a list of five different ideas. These are five different things that I could offer with my drone, but I'm not certain if I can make it as a good viable business in my area of the world. And so what you can do is you can start just start telling the story with as much information as you can get on the market in that particular area. Okay. There, there really is not one go-to place that lists all the data about all the different types of drone industries, opportunities in the drone industry, what the salaries are, what people are paying. That really doesn't exist. If you look in the United States, we've got the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Doesn't really get down into the nitty gritty detail. There'll be some information you can find out about the technology sector, the aviation sector. So you can use that information as high level just to show where the, where the market is. You can look at things like go on to Google Trends and type in some of the different ideas that you have for your drone business. And Google Trends will tell you, is that a trending topic? Is that something that over time people have started to uh, research it more? They're starting to type it into Google more. That might show you that there's an opportunity there, okay? The other thing that you can do is you can go on job boards and like Indeed, LinkedIn, things like that, and see what types of jobs there are. It doesn't mean that you're going to apply for that job. It might just mean that there is an open market for whatever it is that you want to offer in your drone business or your drone services. So you can look at those types of websites. You can look up competitors in your area. Just type in to Google, just type in the area in which you want to get into the drone industry, type that into Google, and then type in near me. And it will bring up all of the different types of companies that you have in your part of the world. Okay. So I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a really good example. I was doing this just locally. I'm in Phoenix, Arizona in the U.S. And I was just looking around and because I research all this stuff all the time, I get fed a lot of like Google ad or Facebook ads and LinkedIn ads and all this kind of stuff. And I found a company out here in Arizona that what they will do is they will use their drone. So if you go out hunting and because it's the desert here. So if you go out hunting and you have a kill and you can't find your animal, you can hire this drone company and they will go out and find the animal for you. So some people have hunting dogs. This company, what they do is they offer up that drone service. Okay. So that's what they do. That's what they focus on. They know it well. They know the land very well. 
it's easier to do. It's an easy industry to break into here. There's a lot of hunters here. There's a lot of outdoors people here. So that is one thing that they have really found a good need for in Arizona. Are there competitors? Probably not. When you're getting into something that is new, there might not be a competitor, okay? There might not be somebody else doing the same business as you, okay? When I started Educators Who Drone, there, there's not any other organization out there that's supporting teachers. There's a lot of organizations out there that are supporting students, developing curriculum, running boot camps for kids, running sorts of, uh, all sorts of activities for Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts and things like that but nobody's supporting the teachers, okay? And so what I did is I just started putting content out there. I started talking to people in my network. I'm a pilot, so I started talking to pilots saying, hey, would you help with this? Do you think this is a good idea? Do you think there's a need for this? And a lot of people got on board with it, okay? So when you're looking up, my point here is that when you're looking up a competitor, just because it doesn't exist, doesn't mean there's not a need for it yet. It might just be that your service is replacing something else out there. I'll give you another example. I was talking to a gentleman, like, like I said earlier, I'm a co-founder of a tech incubator. And I was there working with some tech startups. And I was talking to a, a gentleman. He's a retired physician, got into drones. He's really into hunting. And what he was trying to do is create a drone that would have like an RFID or some sort of sensor that would follow the dog. So if you have a dog that goes with you when you're hunting, the drone would follow the dog so that you could find the dog so you could find the animal much more easily. And that's what I was explaining to him about. There's this other company doing this. They approached it a little bit differently. So think about that there, there might not be a competitor in your area but you might be just replacing the solution to a problem that people just don't know about yet. And you got to talk about it. Okay. So don't keep this, that if there's nobody doing this, there's no market for it. That's not true. It just means you got to figure out a way, the way to talk about it. So you can look up competitors. You can also look up people doing the same type of thing, but maybe they're just not in your same part of the world. So they're probably not a competitor because the reality of me hiring somebody from the other side of the world to come over here to do a drone job is probably pretty low. I'm going to try to find somebody more locally, right? So you can look up different companies, different drone companies that might be in a different part of the country or a different part of the world, see what they're doing, and then start doing some research from there. Same thing here is start a Google spreadsheet, start a Google Doc, and start keeping these links, keep links to their websites, their contact information, and really just start trying to put together this story of what the market might look like for you. All right. The third thing is to organize your business planning. So as after you've chosen your niche and you may not quite have your niche defined what very well defined yet, you might know like these are the couple areas I want to dive into and start putting some stuff, some feelers out there to see if people are going to be interested in this. What you can do is you can start just getting the back end things of your business organized. All right. So things like putting together a business plan. You don't need to have this super detailed and intricate business plan like you're going out to try to get $100 million in funding. That's certainly not what you need to do here. But what you can do is start figuring out, OK, what am I going to call myself? What are the services that I'm going to offer? How much are um, am I going to charge for them? How much do I need to make to cover my costs? How much do I need to make to start making a profit? You can start putting out all of those different details, those goals, things like that. And 
to help you give you a guidance or guideline of where it is that you want to go. All right. This kind of keeps you from getting that squirrel sort of mentality where you're jumping from thing to thing. But you also want to keep in mind that you need to keep the pace of new innovations at your forefront of your mind as well, because there might be a new technology that comes out that maybe is going to allow you to offer up a new service. There might be a regulation that gets put into place that's going to completely shut down one of the services that you offer or change one of the services that you offer. So you don't want this to be so super rigid, but you could use this as just a way to really just guide yourself on and to keep yourself focused. I have behind me, you can't see it here, but I have a whiteboard where I've just got, you know, three things of these are the focus. These are the things that I am working on. If something comes up that's sort of outside of that, I might evaluate it and take a look at it and see, does it fit one of those three things? If it does, great. If it doesn't, I might say, okay, this is this is good, but I want to I'm going to table this for later because I got these other things that I'm working on right now. So you can start just thinking about what is it that your business is going to do? What might you call yourself? And then how are you going to make money? What are the things that you're going to charge for? You can also start thinking about like, how are you actually going to take some of your payments, things like that. We'll talk about that in a second here too. The next is to navigate certifications and regulations. So you want to make sure that you are in compliance with any national, local, national, or international regulations to ensure that you are, that you're compliant with the law. So in the U.S., we've got some regulations that are very different from other parts of the world. But what you want to do is the majority of countries have some sort of a drone pilot certification. OK, and there's always questions about do I need to have it or not? And really, the guidance that I always give people, at least the guidance from the FAA in the U.S., is if you are not flying recreationally, it's commercial. Okay. So you, it doesn't mean that money has to exchange hands. It means that you're not flying because you want to go out and get some good practice in or take some photos for your own personal, you know, jo enjoyment, things like that. Then it becomes, it becomes commercial. All right. So you want to make sure that you check with your local aviation authority in your country. And you also want to make sure that you're looking at some of the, a lot of these localities, they're putting in some regulations around using drones, okay? And I think that there's, sometimes there's a negative stigma in the public because they feel like people are infringing on their privacy because drones operate by using a camera, okay? And so a lot of times people that don't understand this technology and don't understand what you're doing, they might feel like they're, that you might be infringing on their privacy. So you want to make sure that you understand privacy laws, privacy compliance standards that you need to stay, you need to stay compliant with. So things like, for example, sure, it's legal to fly a drone over this person's house, but really should I be pointing my camera into the windows of their personal living area? No, that's a violation of their privacy. Okay. So thinking about things like that. Also, I know in New York City in the U.S., they are now requiring a cybersecurity policy to be submitted with any sort of drone authorization. They want to make sure that you are staying compliant with some of these privacy laws, but then also that you're securing the data on your drone before, during, and after flight. And because New York City has put this into place, I am fully expecting that other parts of the world will put something like that in place too. So you want to 
just do a do a really good Google search on some of the drone regulations and certifications that are going to be applicable to you and where you're planning to operate your drone business. All right. Number five is established business operations. This is what I was talking about a little bit earlier. In order to have a business, you have to be able to have accept money, accept payments, right? So make sure that you have a way that people can pay you. So whether it's just a PayPal account, a Venmo account, a Stripe account, whatever it may be, make sure that you've got something in place that if somebody comes to you and says, hey, I need you to do this drone job, you have a way for them to pay you, okay? Not, not a lot of people pay cash anymore. It's oftentimes it's credit cards. So you want to make sure that you have that payment processor in place. It's going to cost money. It's just the, the cost of doing business to have that in place. But you certainly want to make sure that you have a way to accept money so that when you get your first drone job, you're like, yeah, I'm making money. This is working. Things like contracts. Contracts are interesting. I've learned a lot over the years with contracts. I do a lot of and instructional design curriculum development services. And I have learned this is something that you're going to get better at over the years. So what I do is for any project, I have a statement of work. A project has a start and an end point. It's not ongoing. Okay. And so what I'll do is I'll have a statement of work and scope creep is very real. And if you're not sure what scope creep is, it means when somebody hires you to do something and you're like, yeah, sure, it's going to cost X amount of dollars. There's nothing really in writing that explains what it is that you're going to deliver to them. And then they start going, can you do this? Now, can you do that? I want to add this to it now. Now I want to add that. And suddenly your $500 job turns into something you probably should have charged $5,000 for. And you want to make sure that you're protecting yourself and your time. So th this is something I think you're just going to get better at the more you do it. But I always have some sort of contract or statement of work in it, it just as an agreement between you and your clients of this is what I'm going to do for you. Here's when I'm going to do it. And here's what your deliverables are going to be. This is what I'm going to give to you. I'm going to give you these files. I'm going to give you this, my case, oftentimes it's curriculum or lesson plans or videos of lesson plans, things like that, okay? And then you also want to make sure that you have got um, drone maintenance schedules in place. Your drone vendor should provide some sort of guidance on this, but the last thing you want to have happen is that you get out to a job and then you realize that your props are bad or your battery's dead or things like that. You want to make sure that you have proactive uh, maintenance in place so that when your, your props are ready to be replaced, that you just replace them and you're good to go. And you don't have to worry about all of a sudden you're like, oh no, I can't do this job now. Okay. That'll happen. Things break, but you want to make sure that you have that sort of that maintenance procedure in place. Number six is to think about your digital marketing. So this is one thing I am very passionate about. I've done a lot of this kind of stuff for a lot of different areas in the emerging tech world. So in cybersecurity, things like blockchain and all, quantum computing, all that stuff. I work with a guy who is, he's really getting into the whole quantum computing thing. So I'm helping him with a lot of this kind of stuff. And I think there's a ton of opportunities here for you to really get yourself known in the UAS industry, not in, in, and not just in your little local area where you're offering up drone services. You can do things like what we're doing here right now and meet with people over the internet, share your knowledge with people, help them do the things that you're doing. And 
I think the internet is just an amazing tool for, for doing that. So when I talk about digital marketing, you've got two different kinds of marketing is the way I look at it is you've got your digital marketing and then you've got your offline marketing, the things that you're doing that are not in, that really don't involve the internet, right? So things like printing up brochures and taking them out to businesses, or maybe you have decals on your truck or your car that shows this is my business, this is what we do, here's my website or my phone number, right? So you've got some of those offline things that you can do, but then you've also got some digital marketing things you can do. And this right here is what I call the drone digital dominance method. I do have a workshop on this. I'm working on a book that really goes into these in a much more detail to help you specific to the UAS industry. Some of this stuff is very generic stuff. Email marketing, for example, you can go on YouTube, you can go on Google and search for email marketing. You're going to find a gajillion things about email marketing. Okay. You're going to find a gajillion things about SEO, which is search engine optimization. You're going to find a gajillion things about how to build a social media campaign, things like that. What I'm doing here is I'm really focusing on the UAS industry. And the reason I think that there is a need for people who know this stuff, but can really specialize in a particular industry is because you know how to talk about it. You know how to explain it to people. You know how to make it clear to people what it is that you're doing and how it makes their lives easier, okay? So when, you're, when we're talking about drones, for example, the drones are oftentimes just the tool that you're using to solve somebody's problem, all right? Educators who drone, I've got teachers that are trying to teach STEM education. They're trying to teach kids how to code. They're trying to teach kids the engineering design process. Drones are the tool to do that, okay? So when you're, if you're doing some sort of aerial mapping or aerial surveying or some sort of photography or whatever it is that you might be doing, your drone is your tool. It's just your tool that you're using to solve a problem for your client. And then what you do is over here on the digital marketing side of things is you talk to that person who is your potential client and how your services solves their problem. One example I do give I use quite frequently because I feel like a lot of people can really understand this is let's say you're a photographer and you want to start adding in drone photography, cinematography, videography, et cetera. Okay. And you might be a drone, you might be a photographer that you really focus on weddings. Okay. And the reason I use this as an example is because I feel like the majority of us have either participated in a wedding or we've been to a wedding, we get what they are. And so you're not going to go to a bride and a groom who are planning their special day and say, I've got this fancy drone and look at what it does. And this, we use this technology and the battery lasts for 45 minutes. And you're not going to talk about that kind of stuff with them, right? You're going to show them all of the different and unique photography or photographs and videos that you can make for them for their special day. They probably want to share it on social media. They probably want to share it with their friends and their family right? On your website, on your thought leadership pieces, on your book account, you're going to be talking to brides and grooms about that, not necessarily about drones, okay? So in the drone digital dominance method, that's what I really talk about is how do you use all of these different things in order to talk to the people that you're trying to help them with your drone services, okay? So real quick, SEO is search engine optimization. This is how when you type in a Google and websites come up, this is how do you make your company come up first, second or third, ideally first, right? PPC is pay-per-click. 
This is going to be things like Facebook ads, Google ads, LinkedIn ads, things like that, so that you can really target the right people that you're trying to, to sell your services to. Branded website, you should have at least a website that's got your name, your company name, how to contact you, some of the services that you offer. You should have at minimum that. There's a lot of stuff that you can do with a website to really market your business. Social media, that's going to be things like Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok. I just started a TikTok account last week. I'm taking a class on it and I'm learning a ton. It's interesting. I'm trying to reach the younger crowd to help them learn more about this industry. So that's been fun for me. But things like Pinterest, all sorts of different social media channels that are out there. You don't have to do all of them. You really should just pick one or two that you really like, that you enjoy, that you feel like you can really dominate. Email marketing is going to be things like you guys got your notifications to come to this training session, right? Yeah, I've got that email set up, that email system set up to make sure that you get that reminder. Reputation management, and sorry that it's cut off there, but that should say reputation management. This is going to be things like your Google My Business profile, especially if you're a local business, you should have a Google My Business profile, getting things like Google reviews, getting those five-star reviews. Thought leadership is going to be things like going out and giving presentations to your target audience. So again, let's go back to the example of brides and grooms that they're planning their special day, right? You might go to a wedding conference and give a presentation about how do, how do we get you, you know, some unique images for your special day? You can give a presentation on that. You might also give a presentation to other photographers about how you use drones to create these images for uh, a bride and groom special day, right? And thought leadership can also be things like having a podcast for your target audience. It can be things like having a YouTube channel, putting out things like white papers, things like that. And then continuous improvement is with everything. We always want to make sure that we're just getting better. We want to get better at everything that we do. So you're looking at all of these things are going to have analytics behind the scenes. You're going to be able to see what is it that people like? What is it that they don't like? And then let's do more of what they like and fix the things that they don't like. All right. So you can look at those analytics behind the scenes to make sure that you're continually improving your, your marketing. All right. Number seven is to build your brand and community presence. I talked a, a little bit about this already, but what you want to do is, especially if you are working in a, an area that your target market is people that live within a certain geographic mileage of you, you really want to figure out ways that you can get people to know who you are. I think about realtors as an example of this. So our, I live in a community in a suburb of Phoenix, Arizona, and we have a realtor who has started a Facebook group for our community, okay? And she's done a really good job. And it's not just to talk about this house is for sale and that house is for sale. That's not what it is. It's about all of the different stuff that's going on in the community. If people have questions about what's going on in the community, if people have questions about moving to the area or their parents are moving to the area, things like that, they can come to that Facebook community, ask those types of questions. And then when somebody says, hey, I need a realtor, the majority of people in that Facebook group are going to recommend that woman because she's the admin of the Facebook group. She's organized it. There's other realtors in there too that other people may want to work with. But you can, that's just one example of how to build your community presence. That's more online. But it locally, you want to make sure that you're getting out and talking to people. Get out and talk to businesses. If you're doing, I'm going to use wedding photography as another example, go out to the bridal shops, the tuxedo stores, 
all the different wedding venues that are out there. Start forming partnerships with them because they're going to recommend you if they know you, they like you, they trust you. They're going to recommend you then to their client. What you really want to do here is just is start building those relationships with people so that you can become well-known. And then people just, they like you. They like what you're doing. They like what you're about. And they're going to they're gonna recommend you. And then number eight is to adapt and innovate. This is the last part of the drone MBA methodology. Adapt and innovate. And this is very important in anything that is new. All right. And I say drones are new. Drones have been around a while. They've been around. They're not new in the sense that the technology is new. They're new in the sense that they have become much more affordable for more people to purchase them. And they're a technology that has got a lot of money behind it to develop this technology, to find new solutions that drones can solve or problems that drones can solve. The, all of the different aviation authorities in various countries are trying to figure out ways to make sure that drones can operate safely alongside manned aircraft. They're not going anywhere, okay? So there's a lot of changes that are going to happen. There's a lot of changes that have happened. And the reason I say they're new is because this is something that in the U.S., you've been able to get your drone license for several years now. Before that, it was you had waivers and things like that, exemptions. But there's a lot of people that are really spending a lot of time on this now. Okay, when you are in any sort of emerging technology, I don't care what it is, you have to be flexible. You have to look at things for what they are and adapt and pivot if you need to. Okay. So I planned out the year. I planned out all the different trainings that I'm going to offer this year, all the different services that I'm going to offer this year. Things change, things happen. And so you need to be able to adapt, innovate, pivot, et cetera, just based on new technology, like I said earlier, new technologies that might come out, new regulations that might be put in place. Companies might go out of business. That's another thing that you really see with something in a newer technology. You'll see companies pop up. And then they either are underfunded and they go out of business or they get bought out by some other company. Always just being prepared for things like that. 